Welcome to Popyak, where we yak about pop culture. I'm your host, TJ, and it's time to talk about that new Loki show that just dropped. That didn't feel like we waited any time for this show to come out. It starts where we left off, except there was a scene where Hulk tries to get in the elevator and can't fit. I don't know if that's a new scene or not, but it was hilarious. And that's what I would give 50% of this show. 50% of this show was fucking hilarious, and the other half was like trying to make you have feels, and also reliving Loki's glory days for whatever reason. I thought that part was kind of pointless. I thought they could have just cut to the chase. But the episodes have to be a certain length, I suppose. I like the first few notes of the Avengers theme to kind of tell us what time period we're starting in, even though if you've seen uh, the movie, you know what's going to happen. I bet it stirred up some really good nostalgia in people. Loki bamps to Mongolia, and we don't get to hear his Mongolian, which I'm sure would have been on point and perfect. He gets instead quickly wrangled up by the time police who throw him into the world's worst DMV. The aesthetics of this DMV for some reason just give me like Portal or Venture Brothers vibes. Maybe it's the time period that it's set in. It's just the bureaucracy which everything is like dripping in. Feels very Venture Brothers like oh you know the henchmen have a union and shit like that. I thought that a lot of scenes like I said before was very funny. There was some fan service there. Um, and there was a scene where he's like, people are re- people really robots and they don't know about it? And I'm like, yes, Loki, that's the plot of Blade Runner. Watch a film. Honestly, I'm sure Thor probably has seen Blade Runner and Loki hasn't. Loki, what are you doing with your time? And we get to see what that exactly is with Owen Wilson shows Loki what he's doing with his time. Not much, kind of wasting it. He's supposed to be the god of mischief and his only purpose is to better other people. I mean, that's a noble purpose, I guess. Air quotes on noble. Loki sees this and is like, shit, I'm burdened with glorious nothing. Can you please burden me with some glorious responsibility? And Owen Wilson is like, yes, that's the whole point of this whole thing, even though I thought that the ghosts of Christmas past and present were kind of pointless. Ghost of Christmas future is always where it hits. That's where you gotta show Ebenezer Screws first. You're wasting time with Tiny Tim and him making his first coin or whatever. I really like the little like cartoon um, that shows you what's going on in this place. It reminds me of those like concession stands cartoons that you used to see before movies. Here we get a Betty Boop clock that tells us about the timeline and the the three, I wanna call them time lords, but I think they're called timekeepers, but the, the three time lords that decided this is the way time should be because last time this happened, shit branched off into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I see what you did there, Loki, the show. You don't have to promote the movie. I'm gonna see it no matter what. I think Avengers and other things being commercials for other Avengers properties at this point is kind of pointless. You got us. We're hooked in. You're not letting us go this easily. Owen Wilson goes and talks to a girl who's out of time, and he's like, who did this? And she's like, the devil? And I'm like, we're gonna see Mephisto. But then Owen Wilson at the end is like, actually, we're chasing Loki. And I'm like, oh, because it has horns, right? Yeah. A little less goatee, though. Loki is clean-shaven like a dolphin. Well, dolphins aren't clean-shaven, but they're smooth. That's how smooth Loki is. Whoever's out there shaving all the dolphins, knock it off. That's weird. The fact that Loki doesn't know about the Timekeeper shows kind of how out of the loop and how powerless he really is. This show does a good job of humbling Loki right away. Even though he gets to have his fun with the guard by, like, DJ scratching her through time and shit and making his escape, that only showed him how minuscule his powers are here. He's a nothing compared to an Infinity Gem, and the Infinity Gems are paperweights in this universe. Or this dimension. I'm assuming it's like a time pocket dimension. I, here's the question I want to know. These are human beings or whatever, right? Where the hell do they come from? 
Are they just born and die to do this job? Why are they doing this job? What is driving them to do it? Were they just created to do it? Are they robots? Are they celestials? Do they have to pay rent? Is there time money? I suppose we're going to find all that out in the rest of the show. Owen Wilson had me at not knowing that it was him for a little bit. Only because I have a problem with the darkness in which this these shows are shot. They're shot so dark, so I could barely see him, and maybe it's just the light glaring off from the lamp onto the uh, onto the computer screen or something, but I had a hard time like making out that that was Owen Wilson. I was like, man, that nose looks familiar, and then when he said a couple of words, I was like, that's Owen Wilson, and then he's never stopped being Owen Wilson for the rest of the show, but I will give him credit. He is not playing himself, which he usually is want to do uh, a funny part of this show there's a lot of funny parts if i just sat here and listened to them all we'd be here for all day but one of the really fun parts was owen wilson tells the god of mischief to, the god of mischief to stay put it was like that's cute leaving him alone was probably the best thing that they could have done because now you got him you showed him ebenezer scrooge's gravestone and he's ready to cooperate just so he has some kind of purpose i think that it's funny that mephisto is always going to be teased in these shows but never actually used ever i think that should be a running joke like mephisto never shows up in the in the marvel cinematic universe i bet you guys have already seen countless thumbnails on youtube of mephisto but my thoughts on loki for the most part i think it's really funny if they can just prune the <laughs> prune if they can just kind of, instead of pruning the timeline, if they could just prune the shit that's kind of pointless and that we've seen already, we don't need a refresher. People who are really, really into the Marvel Universe kind of watch this shit once a year to get ready for the next thing that comes out. It's like, oh man, I just finished watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe yesterday so that I could watch, uh, you know, the new X-Men cartoon that came out, which, why did no one tell me there was a new X-Men cartoon? I am so excited. I think when the humor hits, it hits really good. And when it misses, it's like, yeah, it's typical Loki fare. I like to see the heroes get humbled sometimes, especially, I think Loki getting humbled is one of my favorite things. When Hulk, like, smashed him around a bit, a bunch, I was losing it because I kind of got fatigued of Loki. Not even from the movie, just like, the fandom made me fatigued of Loki really quickly, so watching him get beat up was really fun, and watching him get humbled here was really fun. Watching him get humbled here was really good for his character. Now he's gonna build up into another character. That was really cool. I'm sure there was a ton of Easter eggs and references, but the one I was really trying my hardest to spot was what else was in the drawer with the Infinity Gems, which just looked like, whoops, I accidentally spilled some oversized jelly beans inside of this, uh, inside of this drawer. I wanted to know what else was in there, and I was desperately looking for the ultimate nullifier because that just laying around in there would have been the ultimate tell for me as a comic book dweeb that, oh shit, Loki is but a speck in the multiverse power-wise. That was it. We got to see some of that stuff. That's what I liked, what I didn't like, and what I thought about it. And now it's time to talk about Invincible. So, Invincible. In this episode, we get Sinclair doing some crazy android shit with people. Actually, no, it's cyborg stuff. Androids are people, robots that look like people. Cyborgs are people with robot parts. So if you go and get a mechanical hand, technically, you're a cyborg. So he's making cyborgs against people's will. See, Sinclair, this is where you fucked up. Now, if somebody asked you for this, then it would have been... On, on the level, right? Like, if the quarterback of the school is like, hey, yo, give me a robotic joint, a shoulder joint, so I could throw farther. Or if it's me, and I'm like, hey, give me robotic knees, because fucking, I just need them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> then it would be okay, but he's taking people, kidnapping them against their will, and forcing them to be a monstrosity. And then he decided, you know what? I don't like that they have feelings. Let's take that away. Sinclair, at what point do you realize that you are the baddie, and that you are not the goodie? Because his whole, um... His whole, like, justification for this is that he's making humanity better. But it's like, did we ask you, though? 
Granted, the guy at the beginning of this episode, I'm not going to be losing any sleep over him being turned into a robot because he kind of seemed like a jerk. But damn, Greg? You did this to my man, Greg? So the Guardians of the Globe are still fucked up from that Titan fight. The one that gets the most special care is Monster Girl because Robot's in love with her. Black Samson's over here like, you ain't get your ass kicked for me. What's going on, pal? Which is weird because you're supposed to be a non-feeling fucking robot. And he's like, nothing is up with that. My programming is perfectly... Nothing is wrong with my programming. Things are cool. Don't think too hard about it. <laughs> and it's like, but now I gotta. Where's my special flower from the Himalayan mountains? But it looks like Black Samson got his powers back or something happened to him there. So I'm not too worried about Black Samson. Black Samson is a character. I hope he picks up more of a personality because after his like threat to Rexplode, he kind of hasn't really shown much of it. Generic guy who carries himself like the leader of the group because he's the oldest and has tenure and was on the original Guardians. But outside of that, he doesn't really do anything for me. Him and Shrinking Ray, I would love to get more of their personality to come out in season two. Because it seemed, but we seem to be focusing on Monster Girl, but more importantly, focusing on Robot, which is interesting because he's a robot with no feelings and emotions. And then again, I've seen the next two episodes. I finished off the season, so the, I hate this. That's something I usually don't like to do is talk about an episode when I've seen episodes after it because it colors my perception of the rest of this episode. It changes my opinion on the episode at hand which is probably why a lot of times I might just watch big chunks of shows instead of episode by episode when I've missed them like this. Loki, we're going to go episode by episode. I'm, I'm very excited to go on this journey. But if and when I pick back up Winter Soldier and um, the Falcon, I'm going to just watch the rest of it and then tell you my thoughts on the rest of the season. I figured that that would be easier as a big extravaganza instead of going episode by episode. But here... Because the next two episodes fit so well together as a movie, I'm going to cover it as such. We're going to talk about Loki, and then we're going to talk about the rest of Invincible next week. But because I have this perception change now, it's hard for me to not look at Robot in a certain way. And it's hard for me to also not look at Amber in a certain way. A lot of this has Amber and Mark fighting and arguing over relationship stuff. And I don't feel like I should talk about that now because my perceptions of Amber has been colored by the next two episodes. And I think Amber's kind of an asshole. But we'll get to that next week. And so I'm just going to skip that whole chunk for now. Um, let's talk about Greg and, and William. William gets his fucking front, frontal lobe removed, but he still has some memories and feelings. And Marcus wants to get back with this chick that does not want him so badly that he lets his friend's like love interest get mutated granted nobody knew exactly what was happening you can't read the, you can't read minds you can't tell the future but mark dismissed him really shittily and i think he should have at least given him a chance on that maybe not put on the invincible costume but at least went out and looked for him instead of chasing after this girl that does not want anything to do with him i don't understand what he is why he's trying so desperately to save this relationship with her we get to see that mark hamill is also pretty good at forensic science but only of fabrics and stuff that has to do with clothes <laughs> That's his uh, Ballyhoo, is that he's able to just kind of focus in on clothes and go, yes. If he did have a Ballyhoo and if it was a Ballyhoo, if you know, you know, it would be called like, you know, costume or something, which is what he does anyway. But moving away from that, because so few of you may know what I'm talking about, that it doesn't even matter. The forensic science gets brought up and brought to the attention of Debbie, who is a G. She was able to calculate how long it would take her husband to leisurely fly to each of these locations to pick up all this shit for these make-believe errands she just made up on the spot. She timed him down to the fucking second. Debbie, I love and respect her. She's been written so well in this show. How can you not, right? A lot of times, like, anime moms and moms in comic books kind of get brushed to the side. 
or become or like in the case of Ame, become excruciating and roadblocky to the progression of the main character. But yeah, she does she does the science and Nolan goes, hmm, something's up with my wife. Hmm, something's up with that costume. Hmm, that's not a real costume. <laughs> Robot goes on a mission and he goes to the he goes to the Mauler twins and goes, Hey, I want a body I want a body built. And you don't know who's you don't know what the fuck's going on with Robot in this body. But he's willing to go to the Mauler brothers to get it done. That's how you know this is a serious situation. He wants it done really quickly and really um, effectively. Because the Mauler twins, look at them. They don't even know which one's the clone. They do good fucking work. So something's up there. We don't know what it is. It's probably about Monster Girl. Because we know that's the one thing that Robot does care about. Um, We also get Adam Eve kind of doing some good work. And deciding, fuck it, I'm going to just do what I want to do. She does what Bruce Wayne does not. She goes out into the community and actually fixes actual roots of problems instead of beat the shit out of mentally ill people and throw them in an asylum. Good job, Adam Eve. You're a better superhero than Batman. And Omni-Man. Debbie finds out what's going on, confronts him about it, throws wine at him, and he, you know, like a typical angry boy, punches a hole in the wall and ends up standing there all night. What is going through his brain? We'll have to talk about that next time. Uh, I thought this episode was a great setup to the finale, and that's what I'm calling the last two episodes. They feel so connected that it's hard to separate them. They definitely feel like a movie. And one, another thing that I love about Invincible a lot is when you think the episode is is over, it's not. There's like usually 15 more minutes of episode. Whoever's in charge of pacing on this show should get a gold star because they had, they managed to cram so much stuff in half an hour that you forget that this is a 40 hour sh- the 40 minute show. And I love the fights that Mark has with the Reanimen. I just was unable to really enjoy it because these are people getting the shit kicked out of them in bodies they don't want to be in. And it's like, oh, Mark, you're messing that person up. Oh, now they're dead. That They didn't want this. So it, it left a little bittersweet taste in my mouth. I couldn't really enjoy the fights because I was too busy being worried, especially for William and Greg. And I hope things work out well for them. I really, really do. And that's it for this week's podcast. If you like what you heard, definitely give me a subscribe. Uh, tell your friends, tell your enemies. And you can hit me up on Twitter at audio underscore D. That's D-E-E. And you can hit me up on Instagram at PoppyactTJ. And if you're interested at all in Tumblr, my Tumblr is tumblr.com slash audio D. And thanks so much for hanging out.